it's time once again for another episode of Movie Mastery. It's the podcast where we watch the movies you tell us to, and this week we watched Shock Treatment. I am your host, John. Over there is Jeff and a special, very special fan favorite special guest, Claire. Well, I know I'm not your favorite anymore after I made you guys watch this, so I'm, yeah, this I'm is the so one where, sorry. <laughs> this is the episode where Claire made us watch something instead of you guys. <laughs> so if you hate this movie, it's her fault. And yeah, uh, me. let's go ahead and get and give you her home address. I'm on Discord. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go join our Discord. You can talk with many fabulous people and also Claire. And also talk shit at Claire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, we watched Shock Treatment, which for those that do not know about it, is not quite the sequel to Rocky Horror. We could call it the successor to Rocky Horror. It's a character sequel. Yeah. Kind of. I mean, we get Brad and Janet Majors back Mm -hmm. from Rocky. Those are the characters. And Ralph Hapshad and Betty the Ho. (laughs) I'm sorry. I know a lot of callbacks. I'm going to keep doing that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was into Rocky Horror at like age 13. Well, that explains so, why you've seen this before. And why I knew three of the songs already. Yeah. And I hadn't seen it before today, actually. Oh. I just knew three of the songs. I don't know. Oh. I kind of got way into Rocky for a little while there, too. No, and- you didn't. You got way into Girls in Fishnets. <laughs> I also Teenage really like Rocky. Hey, I still know all my callbacks and stuff. <laughs> yeah. In fairness, you were also like 18 or 19. So I was it wasn't 19 that or 20. bad that you were into 16-year-old girls in fishnets. It was kind of still borderline acceptable. Oh, come on. The only people I actually like hooked up with at those things were in their 30s. <laughs> so what you're saying is I need to go to some more Rocky Horror. Than- <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. Well, I don't know if it's still going at the, at the same place. I, I'm, when was the last time you went? like age 17 probably i'm I'm gonna guess i've been more recently than you because i was chasing some other girl who was into it i was gonna say one of the very first times that we actually hung out was during a halloween where we went to rocky that's right yeah that's one of the first times we met uh we we met at a party at at claire's house first but then we did meet at a rocky once yes indeed yeah i was uh i don't think i was dressed as anything because i didn't give a damn no. oh i never dressed as anything in particular i just used it as an excuse to not quite be ready to be bisexual yet maybe yeah. put some was, eyeliner on the yeah, top was, but not the bottom yeah it was like eyeliner tank tops dog collars fishnets that kind of thing it was like and, I, and i'd be like hey guys i just i just like experimenting with my feminine side i don't know that i'll ever suck a bunch of dicks <laughs> <laughs> uh and i remember that florence was jim yeah, yeah, it was a Halloween night. That's right. Oh, That's what I'm this is coming back now. So yeah. yeah, I guess I did go at least once in college. There you go. <laughs> yeah. And I won my virgin challenge, so yeah. there you go. And I, I won Chubby Bunny. I was Chubby Bunny, yeah. Oh, is that the banana one? No, it's the marshmallow one. No, it's the marshmallow one. one. Yeah, because I, mar- I won the banana one. The deep-throating a banana, the, yeah. which should have been a clue. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what the clue I mean, was that when I finished the banana, the guy looked down at me and told me he wasn't gay. <laughs> <laughs> Because I was like, oh, we're doing a deep-throwing banana? I will eat the entire banana. And then I will request an additional banana. And he looked down at me and was like, I'm not gay. And I was like, I just want bananas, dude. I'm not just, this is about you. I'm just crazy for that potassium, yo. (laughs) Yeah, so there you go. It was a clue. You were great at the deep-throwing banana, so you wanted dicks. And I was great at chubby bunny, which means I can shove a whole lot of food in my mouth. Yeah, which means you're a sad marshmallow boy. (laughs) Yeah, I'm a pillowy, soft marshmallow boy, and we both are just exactly where we need to be. I was just like, dude, I need the calories for this, because I'm going to bang a lot of girls who are way too old for me in my van in about an hour. (laughs) God, man, I had that horrible van at that point, too. You are the worst. No, that van was messed up. The more I find out about you... Yeah, we weren't really in... uh, I mean... During the time when I was going with the van, we were not really on the in the uh, the uh, on the best of terms. Mm. But I had a weird old van my parents had bought to move or something that was like half Bondo, <laughs> and, 
and uh, I mean, the other half was bondage. Am I right, <laughs> hey, lady? You see that tweet a few uh, like a month or two ago that was like. Um, if you ask any woman in the world, they'll tell you the best sex they yeah. ever had is with some guy who lives in a treehouse and believes in giants and <laughs> doesn't pay taxes. Has never paid taxes. Yeah. Yeah. So that was factual. <laughs> so factual. You know, between 20 and 22, that was more or less my jam. Was, uh, <laughs> you uh, were that guy I, for those I'm, girls. Yeah, I'm, I was that guy who was like, I'm good at this. And also, I live in a horrible, I live with a horrible van and every, <laughs> everything about me is a mistake. Yeah, I am a red flag. <laughs> yeah, that was my those were my red flag years, and then yeah. also all the other ones, <laughs> <laughs> and then every year before and since. So, uh, okay, non spoiler review of Shock Treatment. It is a musical that, I mean, it's very reminiscent of Rocky as far as the M- songs. Yeah. yeah, musically, it is it is the same style. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, but plot wise, I. I don't know if I want to say this is more confusing as what the fuck is going on. Well, that's and, and it's hard for me to assess this objectively, given that I've been so into Rocky for I don't want to give a number of years, but it's a lot um, that it's it's hard for me to imagine what someone who's not super into Rocky would think about Rocky the first time they watched it. They, well, would they just be so confused. The first time I watched it, I was just kind of like. Okay, sure. I was basically on board until the end with the whole alien thing. And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I like that that's the part where you went out and not the part yeah. where they were like, oh, sorry, we opened the door to our castle because we thought you were selling candy. Yeah, no. Anyway, here's a song about time warps. No, that I was fine with. I was like, candy is obviously drugs and these people are high and having a party. Okay, Duh, This is very, very easy to they, follow. They have a theater where under the stage is a pool and now they've all got feather boas and they're in the pool. Totally no, on board up till then. It was very theatric, mm-hmm. and I was like, "I get it. It's fine. I understand the themes that you're going for. Outs- like for repression versus expression. I get it." The part where the main character revealed that everyone is eating meatloaf is delicious. I love meatloaf. <laughs> I have something to tell you about that scene. <laughs> Some some subtext that you may not have picked up on. Hey, you can't spell subtext without butt <laughs> sex. So yeah, no spoilers. Uh, shock treatment better than repo. <laughs> better than repo. Better than cats. Ooh, that's a, that's a harder. I don't competition. know because I think they're about the same amount of songs I enjoyed in cats as there were in this. I feel like cats is a wave that we are currently riding. And that eventually it will crest and not be interesting anymore. And maybe if we had watched this movie in, what, like 1978 or whatever the hell they made this? 81. In, yeah. In eight, yeah, there you go, know, from the hair, yeah. Yeah, um, if I had been negative one years old and I had watched this. Yeah, <laughs> and if I had been two and I had watched I would have been like, oh my god, I'm part of something. This is important. I am important. I have to go bang someone in my van. Then, then yeah. But, I mean, I think that this movie will eventually have Cats as a fellow as the, as the wave crests and people stop caring about CGI. Yeah. Mm. So you think the Cats movie will also be consigned to the dustbin of history as shock treatment has been? I think so, yeah. I think I, I don't think there's a... In fact, I don't think it's going to get a sequel to it the way that... Uh, I mean, Is I'm still... Is there a fucking sequel to Cats? I'm, I'm kind of... I'll be honest. I'm kind of hoping... It's <laughs> awesome. Cats movie. Congratulations to dogs. I, I, I'm kind of hoping still that, they, that the guy is like, fuck you, the entire world. I'm going to make my dream projects coming out next year, Starlight Express. I mean, as I've said... If they do that, they need to have Skimbleshanks show up oh, yeah. so that we have the Andrew Lloyd Webber 
extended universe that is all connected. Okay, but the fact that there that he did not write a sequel to Cats, I mean, I'm not going to be one generally to stand up for Andrew Lloyd Webber's artistic integrity per se, but that would have been an easy cash grab and he didn't go there. Yeah, but there were no more poems left for him to take and turn into songs. But if he was an op- well, a, a financially opportuni- opportunistic piece of shit, he wouldn't have cared about that. Yeah, but he then he would fanfic. have to have made new songs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the movie's just called, like, More Cats. Yeah, <laughs> More Cats. <laughs> no, it's called Kittens. Cats, babies. It's, it's just called What Happened to Grizabella, and the whole thing is a single shot on a dead cat near a balloon with a <laughs> chandelier on it. Oh, I was going to say the whole thing takes place in the heavy side layer. Oh, there you and go. And we get a paradiso. <laughs> <laughs> We've already seen the Purgatorio. <laughs> What's the Hellcat movie going to be? Oh, it's about Macavity, obviously. Oh, so, yeah. so we have a Maca- So what we're saying is that there's actually a trilogy of the of cats. I would watch a Macavity vehicle. Actually. Yeah, there's, there's <laughs> no question about that. Because as my fan theory goes, that all of those cats are dead and vying for reincarnation. Right. Mm-hmm. You have the When Macavity Was Alive movie. Mm-hmm. He dies. That leads into Cats, and then. Grizabella goes up to the heavy side layer, and that leads into all cats go to heaven. Oh, wait, hold on. What if Grizabella gets to the heavy side layer, and it's not what it turned out to be, and the whole movie is Grizabella, but like an escape from L.A. thing? And it's just like escape, it's actually hell. escape from the heavy side layer. Oh, no. The heavy side layer is actually just like a floating city that she goes to in the sky, and now she has to escape from that. And it's it's just Bioshock Infinite. Oh, yeah. Lando people, helps her out. People built this city. It was super hyper-technological and so on, but my whole thing is eating using a fish comb, uh, or skeleton is a comb. Yeah. <laughs> people built this city on rock and roll, but... but. Uh, yeah, okay. So anyway, it's the sequel to Rocky Horror, and it's about a city that is also a TV studio, uh, and, uh, spoilers. Uh, no, this is the pre. The, I mean, I don't think that's a spoiler. It's in like the opening lines of the film, um, and and also there's a bunch of crazy shit that happens in some songs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you summed it up. Good job. Yeah. Thank you know, you. themes in this much more about being slaves to the television, and of course the uh, wave of pop psychiatry yeah and- i would say this really presages reality tv because this movie's from 1981 oh yeah and, and game shows were a thing at that point but that was kind of the only like man on the street gets his five minutes of fame on tv thing yeah no this is very reminiscent of that to me it kind of feels like those 70s post-apocalypse sci-fi movies like zardoz you see from time to time not zardoz specifically but there are other movies where it's like Oh, uh, this per- like the prisoner, for example, the show is like, oh, this guy has to go to this weird island for the amusement of the of the idly rich in a post apocalypse dystopia. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's that kind of thing where it's like, oh, look at these people running through mazes like rats. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Let's go ahead and take a little break. We're gonna play a little music, a little banger, and then we are gonna be back with our full spoilerific review of Shock Treatment. <laughs> We're back for the full spoiler review of Shock Treatment. I cannot guarantee that we won't just talk about cats more. <laughs> yeah, there's a chance that it'll all be nothing but cats and vans. Cats and vans. <laughs> Who doesn't love it? 
McCavity is definitely the kind of person who would drive a van. Oh, nothing. Yeah. Nothing legal happens in a van. There's no defense of vans. <laughs> and I'm not talking minivan, like where you can drive a kid to a soccer. And I'm or not what, talking skater shoes. Yeah, no, not, and neither am I talking skater shoes. No, I'm specifically talking about one of those big ass box vans. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, you're you're talking about the vans that don't even have windows on the side. Yeah, the kind of van where the stick shift was like three feet long because it went to like the, the floor, floor. The floor. Yeah, that's that's the kind of van. Yeah, mattress just half-assedly shoved into the oh, back yeah. there. Obviously. Hell yeah, that's. You got some real garbage curtains that mm-hmm. were probably just cut from pillowcases. <laughs> I had a boombox in there because there was no other sound system. So, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I had to yes. get I had to get an AC converter to run out of the uh, the decrepit old cigarette lighter uh, to, to power the fucking boombox. That is priceless. But what was airbrushed on the side of the van? Uh, Bondo mostly. <laughs> I mean, this thing was. The, the color of this van was once blue. <laughs> formerly. The, the color formerly known as blue. Remember blue? Uh, Hint of blue. So, yeah, this, uh, this movie starts out with going around a TV studio. And I will say the first song that we get in the intro song is definitely the best one in the whole thing. Like, when it played that song, I was like, Oh, that was actually kind of rad. You were all optimistic yeah, about the movie for like Yeah, I was like, oh, maybe like this is going to be minutes. okay. <laughs> also, there's, there's some opening narration, which feels so disconnected from the film that I'm not even sure why I'm mentioning it. Like, it just was like, once there was a guy and he liked a girl or something. I was like, oh, okay. oh yeah, I totally yeah. forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, it's just, ah, a guy wanted a girl, but it turns out she was with a fella. Yeah. Like, uh, oh, yeah. Okay. There's no payoff in that until like literally the five minutes, last five minutes of the movie. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, much like Rocky Horror, this movie has a twist reveal at the end that is bone stupid. Uh, but, but you know, amusing. Eh. Eh. It's no aliens. No, it's, I mean, that's the problem. The Rocky Horror You're twist. You're right. It's no, <laughs> it's no aliens. aliens. Starring Howie Mandel. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, joke references to things we didn't say on the podcast. I'm not worried about it. <laughs> never have been, never will be. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I think I think as the kids say on Twitter, it it slaps. Is that oh yeah? Is that what they say? It slaps. It's a banger. It slaps. Is it a bop? Or is that something different? It is also a bop. Okay. Oh, it was a bop a thing again? I thought yeah. that was a yeah. thing from like the forties. Damn. No nah, man. No. Nah. It's a different thing. Now. It slaps. It bops. Mm-hmm. And it fucks. And <laughs> well, it twists. Okay. Wait, fucks. is bop a verb too? I thought it was a noun. Oh, it is a bop. Mm-hmm. But one may bop. Ooh. Is but this because... does she bop? <laughs> Is this because the youth bop. Of, <laughs> we bop, uh, they bop. The youth of today are, are like enthralled with things that bind on pickup, or yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> no one if wants so- to share in this generation anymore. Yeah. If it's bind on a quip, that's bullshit. No one likes a Bowie. That's <laughs> Everyone not- loved Bowie. No, no one likes a Bowie. That's not Bay. That's a different letter in the middle. I'm see. I'm good at this. Yeah, I got look at you talking got- the kids' language. Aww. I spend enough time on Twitter. <laughs> I don't. Actually, no, you spend, I spend enough time on Twitter. I was going to say, you spend exactly health. enough time on Twitter. Occasionally, someone will at me because I was in something, and then I'm like, hey, what's up? So yeah. we, see hey, some, out. <laughs> we see some stylized, like, backstage work before a show begins, and then a big door is opened, and an, a huge audience is ushered into the building, much like that kind of stage audience that was at, in Rocky's lab. Like, they're all dressed stupid and so on. And it is like... 
I mean, at least 25% of those people were the Transylvanians from Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah, that that doesn't surprise me in the slightest. Uh, Among the audience is Brad and Janet Majors, Uh, although you you have to have them introduce themselves because neither of them is... There's no Barry and there's no Susan. Mysteriously, they couldn't get Susan <laughs> Sarandon and Barry Bostrick for this. Why did Susan say no? Who could possibly know why? It was 1981. Was she perhaps already filming Bull Durham at that point? Like... <laughs> uh, but instead, we do get a, co- a couple other actors that have at least gone on and been like character actors in things. Yeah. Like they've had careers. Yeah, yeah. Pull up yeah the yeah, Brad is played by Cliff DeYoung. I do not remember who plays Janet. Oh, Cliff Deold. Cliff DeYoung. Janet's old. Uh, Cliff Deold. Jessica Get it? Harper. Oh, Jessica. And both of these people are like the people where you're like, didn't I see you on Law and Order yeah. one time? Oh, yeah. Jessica Harper gets work constantly. That name yeah. is super familiar. Uh, but yeah, in this movie, however, she is terrible. It's a, it, She is no replacement for Susan Sarandon. It was killing me. <laughs> Well, yeah, and her, her voice is also very different. Like, she's a yeah. contralto, and Susan Sarandon's a soprano. So. Also, her singing style is to, like, disconnect the top and bottom halves of her face. Like, her eyes yeah. are very static. It's really weird. It was pretty weird. Yeah. I mean, but I think it works for the vibe of the movie to be like, oh, you're kind of weird and disconcerting when you sing. Like, yeah, that's that's the aesthetic. No, I guess but that's I, fair. I, see, I would agree with you that that was an aesthetic choice if we had not started there, if we had started at more like slightly more naturalistic and then gotten more disconnected as the movie went on and as she became more unhinged. But like we started at full bore on that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, if we had had an opening song from her that was like the Susan Sarandon type songs from Rocky to kind of connect us, like where she was emoting and being all over the place and singing about touching Shaking me. her tits. Yeah. yeah. Shake. Well, I mean, that's that's another problem you're going to run into is if, no you're, if you're recasting Susan Sarandon, you, you also have to recast her massive defiant tits. <laughs> they are quite proud, defiant. defiant. They are always talking about politics. <laughs> Arrested several times. <laughs> uh, so, yes, the opening number is about Denton, uh, a town that we don't know where it is in the U.S., but right, in so the U.S. It's in the heartland. Is, this they, is the town at the beginning of Rocky. This is the town where Brad and Janet went to high school, and we don't get the state then, and we don't get the state now, although there were a couple references that sounded Midwestern to well, yeah. me. But... They said the heartland. Right. They said uh of the west so i would assume you know anywhere west of the mississippi the opening song has the line tolerant of the ethnic races in it uh so i i think we can kind of infer that that means there's not a lot of them around yeah. okay so we're talking like like Denton, iowa ohio yeah <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> no one in ohio refers to it as the west how dare you i'm thinking it's probably like iowa Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I would say D- Denton, Wyoming, but then they wouldn't be tolerant of the ethnic races. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Iowa feels about right because that's also the kind of place where your biggest celebrity could just be an ugly old German guy. And, <laughs> and everyone would be like, yay, it's that German guy. He looks like a melting emo Phillips and we love him. <laughs> so, yeah, the song is all about how the they are celebrating the averageness and mediocrity of Denton and how it embodies sort of this middle America bland ethos. It it seems almost to be like a, a tourism type thing where it's like, Oh, uh, you know, come to Denton. We've got, you know, a great place to relax and do nothing. If you're looking for a life of leisure, you're going to get a whole lot to please you. These are the rhymes you can expect. (laughs) That one was rough. Wasn't (laughs) it? It's because the guy did a hard R in leisure. Mm -hmm. I was like, if you had said a life of leisure, Mm -hmm. 
and then please you, you could at least yeah. get that in there. But he was Slanted. like a life of leisure. So I know I know <laughs> O'Brien is British, the guy who makes these, who made both of these yeah. films. Yeah. Is he filming them? Are we filming these in England, or is this Ooh. an American production? Do you I think? I don't know. It's most of the same. Uh, producers, editors, etc. as on Rocky, because mm-hmm. if you remember the callbacks from the beginning of Rocky, you'll recognize all the names and go, Seuss to blame! Don't yeah, squeeze yeah. the Charmin! Because it's the same names. Yeah. Uh, sadly, no large animated lips. Oh. Uh, no, but the lips have been replaced more or less by another actor also played by Cliff DeYoung, who played Brad, hanging out in like a soundstage and just kind of menacing and smiling at the camera without lines for most of the, like, that's pretty much where the lips are. While the song's playing, it'll cut to him, and I'll be like, ah, <laughs> yeah, and you, you're, uh, to, for the listener, I am wildly gesticulating with my face. Yeah. <laughs> they mm-hmm. they can see that, for yeah. sure. Uh, filmed in Wembley, London, England. Well, there you go. That's why they. That's why that guy stepped on that R so hard because he's he knows that's American accents. Mm. <laughs> he's, ah. like, he's like, I don't want to sound like some jerk off from Somerset. I'm gonna I'm gonna stand on this R. <laughs> well, those were some good American accents. Then, nice work, everyone. Good job. Well, I mean, they probably got some Americans to also. Yeah, but be. the dude who got that lead opening line was just some. He was some background character who got lines, but oh yeah, yeah. I mean, he was one of. The characters. I'm sure that was the fourth time they tried that line. He kept saying leisure. Leisure. Then, leisure. <laughs> a life of leisure. <laughs> <laughs> like, pronounce the R. But it's but it must rhyme with please ya. <laughs> pronounce the R. Leisure. <laughs> and then, yeah, the Lerf please ya line delivered by an actor who I am almost 100% sure is Kellyanne Conway's mom. <laughs> yeah. Uh got that same punched really hard in the face blonde energy so uh no really flat. anyway no so, I, I agree yeah you're right okay uh not not to be punched i'm saying it looks like someone it already happened is what i'm, I'm not i'm not advocating violence I'm not endorsing the I'm punch really, i'm just saying i'm merely reporting previous someone violence someone already did what <laughs> yeah. needed to be done uh, you're walking walking a thin line here <laughs> Don't get mad at me. I'm just like a newscaster in this scenario. Uh, but anyway, yeah, they have this uh, this opening song about how great the town of Denton is, but it's carefully revealed that this is the town of Denton. Uh, yeah, it's a whole magical musical realism thing. Yeah, the film studio is the city is the film studio. Yeah. Yeah, and it's why, I mean, later on, sort of one of the prizes that uh, Janet's parents win is being able to live in one of the nice homes in uh the, in the town. soap opera right yeah they get to live in happy homes which is a show but also it means they get to be in a place with like an actual kitchen and garage and whatnot mm-hmm. i love that the opening crawl for happy homes and they showed the title card for it was like some needlepoint shit that not even in 81 would that carry as a title card that was great <laughs> But uh, but okay, so we get a, a whole assemblage of like random folks from town singing about how great the town is. There's a guy doing like clippies with his with his uh, clippers. There's you know he's doing clippies. He's doing he's, clippies. He's cutting his hedge. And, and so and then we finally go like and now the the man you've all been waiting for, an old German guy whose name is said so indistinctly that I do not know it. He definitely looks like like a character that you would get out of like I don't know. Maybe, maybe like Jim Carrey or Andy Kaufman. At different times mm. throughout the movie, I thought he was either a melting emo Phillips or Kim Jong Il in whiteface. Either one of those carries. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So just imagine those blended together, yes. and that's pretty much what you've got. And then give them a German accent. Well, yeah. And this seems to, at first I thought this must be the same actor as Dr. Scott and Rocky because there was kind of a similar like because you don't see really see his face at first no yeah he, and it's yeah. The, and it turns out towards the end this is another like ex-Nazi like Dr. Scott was implied to be yeah so apparently that's actor. a thing it's not the same actor yeah but apparently this is a thing for O'Brien <laughs> you gotta yeah. throw in an ex-Nazi at some yeah. point Along with references to American Gothic. Yes. You, you, he, Always he, in the background oh, somewhere. Yeah, he has to hide that in the background. Apparently, at some point, someone told Richard O'Brien he looks like the old farmer dad in that in that picture. And, and he, he was just like, leaned into it. He was just like, oh, fuck you. I'll make a bunch of movies about it. We'll see what you... Put the ball. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, he runs a game show called Marriage Maze. Mm-hmm. And I guess Janet had already asked to be on it because they call... Brad and Janet down, and Brad doesn't want to go, but Janet's like, yes, we're doing this. Well, and, it, you know, either there was something going on behind the scenes to set it up, and she was in on it, or I, I, I think it's more like there's a whole mentality in the town that you just go with. It's yes and. You yeah. go with whatever is happening in the show. So it's even if honor. you're called randomly on a show that's about people who have shitty marriages, then you, you, you're you like, yeah, we have to do this. What are you talking about? Drag I mean, there is, the program. there is kind of a foreshadow line for the... I felt like the foreshadow line was literally just to let us know that this was Brad and Janet, so no further questions, please. Mm-hmm. But when they're being led to their seats in the in the uh, audience, like Brad's like, Janet, I don't want to go through with this. And she's like, but we have to, Brad. <laughs> So I, majors, <laughs> <laughs> asshole from the movie. You know, we got married. You never recovered after getting railed by Rocky, well, by Doctor Frank. The Rocky Horror Picture Show wiki, which I would consider to be authoritative on this topic, says that Rocky is not canon in the shock treatment universe. Oh, so interesting. Okay. Shock treatment is a timeline where Brad and Janet just had a normal life. I think, which is weird because it makes more sense if it is canon to the timeline. That, I don't that, agree because that, I think no, that Janet would have been much different. Brad would have been much different. I think you know the Brad whole was much different. I thought that that's why it made sense to me. But it turned what comes out during the marriage maze game show is that Janet is dissatisfied with the marriage because Brad is not emotionally expressive. I feel like he really accessed some parts of himself during Rocky. Interpret mm. that however you want. I, and I, he would have been more emotionally expressive after going through that. I mm-hmm. think during the the uh, the help me mommy lines that he gets in the in the big uh, stage production at the end of Rocky kind of show that he's the one who this didn't work on. Mm. That that cuz cuz Janet is alive at the end of that movie and Brad's just still stilted and awkward and scared. I think I think that uh, that Dr. Frank's ministrations ruined him. Aww. So to me, this makes more sense as a straight up direct sequel. But I guess if it's not, it's not. Well, you know, uh, the death of the author. Yeah, mm-hmm. you do whatever you want. It would be great if we could get a death of the author in this situation. Yeah, we especially uh, don't care Richard what O'Brien. Richard O'Brien thinks about anything <laughs> at this point. Uh, so yeah, trans they, people are the gender they say they are. They uh, they get called down probably because of. Farley Flavors, Mm -hmm. who is the person who probably owns this town, but also is a fast food magnate. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we do at one point get a logo of five Fs that are like kind of in a... Circle. There was a swastika illusion there. It was a little Nazi-ish. It was was backwards for a swastika, but it was a little Nazi-ish. A little little Nazi-ish. Yeah. Some Nazi. So, yeah. That's he's going to be the main villain 
uh, is but at first he just like, well, at first, and you see him come kind of afar, and he has like a discount Kyle McLaughlin look going on, and I'm like, this is very Lynchian right now. I oh, don't yeah. understand what's going on. Kyle McLaughlin is up in a room staring down at people creepily. To me, he kind of looked like if Will Arnett was cast as Re- Donald Trump Jr. I mean, that's mm-hmm. also very mm-hmm. accurate. Yeah. Yes. Um, I mean, he had a lot of looks. You also called him, a, I think it was a discount Bill, Bill Paxton. Pol- yeah, Bill, Bill Paxton or Bill Pullman. Yeah. I always get them confused. Yeah. I uh, assume they get each other confused. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It'd be a discount Bill Pullman in this situation, mm. I'm pretty sure. Hmm. Maybe. Mm, pretty sure. Mm. We're talking the Independence Day one as opposed to yes, the- Yes, that one. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to the Bill Paxton, who you don't remember anything he's in, so- Does Quit he aliens? Have a, he's a mustache <laughs> well, he's sometimes. He's aliens. <laughs> it's, it's just him and Howie <laughs> Remember, Howie Mandel and Bill Paxton, famously in Aliens together. Mm-hmm. Had that great line. <laughs> hey, man. Look out. There's some aliens. Ah, <laughs> oh, these aliens are here. This isn't the deal I wanted. You bitch. <laughs> oh, darn, aliens. <laughs> this is the end of our game. And then Howie Mandel was like, aliens? In this economy? And the, <laughs> the movie. The movie. Also, Sigourney Weaver was there. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, yeah, they win the prize on Marriage Mages, which is that Brad gets to go to Denton Vale, which is a basically soap opera mental hospital. Right. I think they kind of try to sell it as like it's a sanatorium. It'll be like a spa retreat and you'll get some therapy. But he's immediately like in a straitjacket chained up. So clearly it's like an involuntary commitment type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And they do a whole thing where they're like, you're going to go in there and in like two days, we're going to turn you back into a man uh, who can perform because there's a whole undercurrent to the whole problem with their marriage of of Brad can't fuck now. Uh, Brad can no longer. I don't know if he ever could, honestly, if, yeah. if I'm honest. Because they're always bitching in the kitchen mm-hmm. or crying oh, in the bedroom. Oh, that God, was that, quite a song. That song. That song, they yell it. There, there's commercials being played, and they're seeing the commercials on the on the broadcast screen in front of them, and they address each one of the products and ask it questions about their marriage. Sheer coffee maker. <laughs> yeah, that really did feel like someone just sitting in a room looking around like, all right, what the fuck do I got here? Trash can. Great. That's one of the lines. That was like a, a whose line is it anyway bit. <laughs> that was one of the songs I did not know from this, and... I kind of loved it because it was so disorienting for the first minute or two. It kind of gave me that feeling of like how it must feel to watch Rocky for the first time. Where <laughs> oh, like, yeah. I don't understand my world right now. What are, <laughs> oh, my cultural toaster. touchdowns are gone. Also, that the that in 1981 an alarm clock was called like a digital micro waker. No, I think probably no, that British. was just to get the uh, rhyme. I think that was just to get the rhyme. Yeah, it's a Britishism. It's like you know, boot and lorry and lift <laughs> and digital, digital micro waker. <laughs> Uh, so yes, uh, Brad is taken away by, uh, the pop psychiatrists and Janet doesn't sign the contract right away, which will be important. Yeah. Uh, but they just, like Jeff said, put him in a straight jacket and a wheelchair, shove him into a circular cage and they're like, yeah, we'll deal with you later. Here's so, some sedatives. The important, the, 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 uh, the big thing we're going to reveal right here is that this is Riff Raff and, and, uh, Magenta. Who who show up? Um, they're not playing the characters anymore, but it's it's Richard O'Brien and and was Patricia, Patricia Quinn. Quinn. Uh, they're playing the pop psychologist. They are also brother and sister, and they also fuck again. So so you know so that, that would be another through line that Richard O'Brien is into. I don't know. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean, I'd be into Patricia Quinn's boobs, and I'd want my face in them. So <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm, I'm empathetic. Mm-hmm. 
we also get uh, who's the nurse? Oh, that's, oh Nell Campbell. Yeah, Nell, Nell Campbell. Campbell. There uh, we go. Little Nell, as uh, she was Columbia, and now yeah. she's some nurse. And boy, her voice is exactly as off-putting as it always has been. I was going to say it's way worse here. <laughs> it is. It is significantly She's like worse. in a Mariah Carey whistle register and does not belong there. <laughs> yeah, she's like the third person they got to do Harley Quinn's voice. It's it's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and she's here to show us her underwear. Yes, that is indeed her entire character. She's got a great butt, so it's fine. I, I'm not complaining. I'm just saying she's here to show us her underwear. She's here to bring some necessary crotch shots to these boring proceedings. Right, she's in a cute little nurse outfit, mm-hmm. but of course her thing is that she always wants her skirt to be so short that her butt is hanging out. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's so that when she bends over to go get something, it's like, and butt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a public uh, service, really. Yeah. On, it, it's interesting because in this movie, I was like super appreciative. I was like, oh, fine, thank God. Just a normal, simple butt to hold on to. That's something I can fixate <laughs> on my mind. To to hold on this to. way I won't get dizzy because I'm fixating on a single point in the distance and it's that ass. <laughs> As opposed to the last time we did an ass parade movie, which was like the Fast and the Furious one, where it was just like, welcome to Cuba. It's all butts. <laughs> or that music video you were talking about recently? The Oh, yeah. The the hottest music videos. Oh, yeah. Alex Godino and Crystal Waters' Destination Unknown. It is an There's ass. A lot of, I, I Googled it after I oh, heard you guys talking about that. It's butts of plenty. Oh, yeah. It's butts o'clock. It's a fun music video. It's just very of its time. Yeah. Uh, okay. So anyway, uh, John. <laughs> yes. The whole... Uh, taking Brad away and putting him in there is all part of the plan for Farley to take Janet from Brad. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. that's his end game is he hates Brad and wants Janet for his own. Yeah, and he has hired these two psychologists uh, to kind of work her into the in, into the sense that she can leave Brad and be famous on, of her own accord. Well, yeah, uh, they're they are grooming her to be a star on this television which the the whole thing about being a star in the context of the studio being the town and the town being the studio it's like that's like the only form of social status that they would have here Mm -hmm. would be Mm -hmm. you know our because i mean it's not really about being famous because everybody has to know everybody it's about sort of being elevated above the rest and given the top billing and everything yeah yeah Yeah. uh and that's actually a a through line that's going to happen with a bunch of characters that we just aren't going to mention over the course of this review because there's all these like reporters and uh, announcers and so on. They're basically hangers on and sec- and sub level celebrities in the studio yeah. who are like machinating against each other and having conversations at coffee carts and what have you. And I don't remember any of their names and I can't tell any of them apart and I don't fucking care. Well, the the only one worth mentioning is the narrator from Rocky. Yeah. Oh, he yeah, is yeah, yeah, yeah. Judge yeah. whatever who continues to have no fucking neck. Yeah, yeah, no neck, fella. A no neck Joe is it has returned as Judge uh, Oliver, Oliver or something. Young. Yeah. Judge all over her face. <laughs> yeah. And he's hanging out with a woman who looks like she played the the neighbor mom on that 70s show, but isn't. It's just that she has that banana of a haircut. Yeah. So um, that's Betty. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got fired from their show uh, pretty much just to, I assume, make room for these pop psychologists. That's well, also, I think I think they knew that they were onto him because by that point they had already started investigating the conspiracy. They were suspicious about Brad and Janet having been selected. And the two of them are vaguely flirting with each other throughout the film, but they end up being kind of the background heroes of it. Yeah. Uh, so I, I with that aside, we can probably talk about the music video scene where they wheel in a TV and show Janet. Uh, the the far, what's his name Farley, Farley flavors and he he does a little song called you're looking at an ace that was disturbing yeah it's yeah. it's a mess uh, it's supposed to be but yeah. yeah that was easily the worst song but the fact that 
she at the end of it is like, ooh, an ace. I was like, what the? How do you watch what just happened and be like, be I'm into, into this? That. I mean, that's another thing for me that that uh, that makes me feel like this is a direct sequel is that Janet is exactly as go with the flow as she was in the other film. Where she's go with the flow, what the kids are calling it these days. <laughs> well, because in that movie they were like, they were like, or she was the one who was like, come on, let's just give it a try, Brad. It's okay to hang out with this crazy alien weirdo and he. Look, he's trying to build a big sexy guy. I think we could all kind of understand and get with that. That makes sense. And in this one, they're like, look, watch this music video about this like rich dirtbag, and he's going to sing at you about how great he is. And she's and like, I am so horny for that immediately. There's actually a visual callback to Rocky where she breaks the fourth wall, looks at the camera, and then does a slow smile, which is exactly what Susan Sarandon does at one point in Rocky because I've watched it too many times. So there were there were there was more than one point where like someone would have some bit of business or some facial expression or there'd be some shot that was like a yeah. reference there's to Rocky. A, there's a lot of remember this in yeah. this movie. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, he he gets wheeled out and he does a song about how he's like taking over a bunch of industries and how he's not a king, baby. You're looking at an ace. And then the the music video is set up such that his his backup singers are the actual people in the room with her. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a, some poor random functionary and then all of the Rocky Horror uh, hangers on. Right. So Little Nell and Patricia Quinn and Richard, Richard O'Brien, O'Brien end up in like the exact same pose mm-hmm. as during Transsexual Transylvania, where yeah. she's kind of like up laying on top of the TV and they're on either side. And yeah. But this this Clifty Young Farley Flavors guy is no replacement. And it's <laughs> no. <laughs> well, no one gets to replace Tim Curry. Sorry. <laughs> Although that said, I would like to see it if it was the if it was Bill Skarsgård. Yeah, Bill Skarsgård does Rocky Horror. Just keep having him do these. Be like, hey, Bill Skarsgård, do you want to be in Clue? Bill Skarsgård in Legend. <laughs> How's your bok bok bok, Bill Skarsgård? Bill Skarsgård, where can we go to escape capitalism? <laughs> Spice. <laughs> Bill Skarsgård, please give us your best puppet. Puppet. <laughs> anyway, uh, they, so now this video basically turns Janet on a dime, and now she's celebrity obsessed. Uh, she's she's still worried about Brad, and every time she brings up Brad, they're like, "Ah, oh, don't worry about Brad. You can see him in the morning. He's asleep. Also, he hates you." Yeah, the whole thing is basically trying to separate her from Brad as much as possible. So you know, at dinner they have that music video, and she's like. Can I see him before I go to sleep? Nah, you'll see him in the morning. And yeah. then in the morning, she's like, can I see him now? No, we got to get you into wardrobe. Yeah, and, and she doesn't get to go home either. There's a point where, for some reason, she has to go home. And I'm like, what the hell is that? What well, is the other soundstage, I assume. Go sleep well, yeah, the where the, where the uh, audience came from at the beginning, I would assume. Yeah, where were they? If they if they live in the bleachers, where were they at the start? Well, they don't right. live in the bleachers. Well, we do see them all asleep in the bleachers at night, though. Yes, yeah. because that there is a song that is basically, it's time to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And all of the main characters are sleeping in... Hospital rooms. Yeah. You know, it just looks like asylum rooms. Those were great shots, by the way. Uh, cool lighting. The audience mm-hmm. is not allowed to leave, and they sleep in the seats they have because there was an entire discussion about how, like, oh, you can't go home because we're going to be shooting immediately at sunrise, so you have to stay here. Yeah. And I assume that held true for the Same audience for the as well. Yeah, and then they do a song where they pan back and forth across the outside of the hospital building looking into each one of their windows. And the best part about it is is the old German guy who's no 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 one can remember the name of, who was sitting there smiling pleasantly and uh, upright in his bed, just mm, just happy yeah. as they pan across everyone banging in all the other rooms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
because uh. uh, we get this is our confirmation. I, this didn't even need to be in the movie. That, no, that, as soon as they said, "Oh, and this is my sister," I went, "Oh God!" Yeah, right. well, they're banging. <laughs> and then they have to show you the confirmation of you. Like, it's like, oh, I guess because he really is into that specific idea. And then they show that random functionary hooking up with uh, the nurse and Janet singing her song about how she misses Brad. Yeah, kind of. Not really. Ish. Well, she has a great song where she's saying, if we ever break up, just know that I loved you in my own way. <laughs> like, that's kind of cold. I it like is, that. She gets colder and colder. Uh, the next morning, they get her ready for wardrobe by... Now, hold on. Yeah, I want to yeah. mention the best and only good thing in this <laughs> to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fair enough. So <laughs> oh, the judge and Betty are attempting to stay awake because they want to know what's going on. Yeah. So they're up in, like, the rafters reading, of this place. Reading the rhyme of the ancient mariner to each other to keep themselves awake. Bad move, guys. Well, uh, <laughs> the judge says a line. Yeah. And Betty immediately recognizes it as being Coleridge. Yeah. And we'll is like, oh, and then just takes out the rhyme of the ancient mariner. From her purse, where like she it. keeps it at all times. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that he was down with it, because when he was, he just did some line from, from what, Tiger, Tiger, and, and, and she was like, ooh, Taylor Coleridge, how about if I read you the entire rhyme of the ancient mariner? Yeah. And that lasts until the morning <laughs> where someone comes out flips the lights on and goes hey is this your bird and holds up an albatross and i was like nice <laughs> fucking nice references also please do at jeff about tiger tiger thank you oh is that not tiger tiger he was doing <laughs> it's william blake is tiger tiger oh so i'm sorry but but the line he had it was something about i thought it was the the in xanadu lines no. no, no, I'm sorry. My my bad. My apologies. I thought he had done something from Tiger Tiger. Um, th there's a couple fun little literary references like that in this movie, though. There's also the part where they're like, "Whatever happened to that show about that guy named Orpheus?" And they're like, "Oh yeah, we put him in the underworld. And he never came out." <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's got some jokes. Yeah, I'm okay with it. There were some chuckles to be had. Now, to be fair, though, there may have been more chuckles, but I would say a good half of this movie's. Uh, audio was too quiet and I could not hear it. Well, yeah, there were major sound balancing issues where the loud was too loud and the quiet was too quiet. So Jeff had to sit there with the remote and mm -hmm. turn up during the quiet scenes and then suddenly we get like a blast of music and you have to turn it back down. The other problem with the sound balancing is it didn't matter what you did. If if one person was talking, you could understand. But if they were singing in chorus, you had no chance. Yeah. And it was some crappy YouTube video. So I assumed yeah. there weren't going to be accurate subtitles. So there'd be no point. No. Yeah. Uh, so it, you could do auto subtitles, but YouTube doesn't know what the it fuck would is just going have, on. It would, it would just say like, man, I don't know. I think the, the thing that scared me the most was the point where they were like, what are the five F's in the five F logo stand for? And they just asked a bunch of little kids and little kids. Like, <laughs> and I was like, God damn it. I hope that's not important. Well, it stands for Farley, Flavors, Fabulous. And two other Fs. Fast food. Fast, Fast food, food, yeah. There you go. Yeah, um, because the, the woman thankfully goes, oh, yes, well, this is what it stands for, you dumb fucking idiot kids. Uh, the other line that was the hardest to hear is the part where she go where Janet goes in to get her new wardrobe from Richard O'Brien, who shows her a mirror painting of herself, um, or picture of herself. Yeah, a mirror, a mirror painting. Paint, a painting of herself in the mirror. A mirror. Shows her a mirror, and... and She's like, I miss Brad. And he's like, <laughs> but, but, but you don't understand. It's Brad. Like, okay, this is a one-on-one -on -one shot, reverse shot conversation. How did you fuck this up this badly? <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, otherwise it was technically competent. You know, the editing was fine. The lighting was there's, fine. There's more than one scene in this movie where for no reason at all, after they, the person says their line, they change the aspect ratio. 
No, I think that was just the YouTube there, video being fucked up. The, potentially, but it went from like like letterbox to sixteen by nine. No, but that that happens to my janky big screen at home. So uh, yeah, yeah, but that's your janky that's your big screen. My TV that's not the actual surface. My, yeah, my TV doesn't do that shit. So, that, but yeah, there was more than one shot in this movie. One of them was super noticeable, but there were others where where suddenly, for no reason, in the middle of a scene, the aspect ratio would change. Right. That's why I assumed it was just a film error it could be it could be video. i don't know i've not i've never seen this before so if anyone has like an original film copy original from an VHS. old projector yeah, no, mail no, that to no, us no, we'll, no. we'll review it again i want yeah i want a 38 talking about the big canister <laughs> motherfucker i want a laser disc if, of shock treatment if you've got this on eight millimeter <laughs> uh so yes the whole wardrobe thing is she gets a little black dress and as soon as she sees herself being sexy she's like Oh, I'm super into myself. And that's, I mean, part of the whole like mirror thing is focus on yourself. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about Brad. Well, then she goes right out in her new little black dress. And well, first she sings a song about little black dresses. Yes. Uh, but then the moment which, which slaps I'd like it's, to it's actually a pretty good song. It's yeah. like the, the, the invisible cynical little black dress or whatever. It's pretty good. Yeah. Um, but then she goes out. Exactly that. Yeah, definitely the lines. <laughs> cynical was actually the line. I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, at one point someone said the word cynical. So well, they I also they they were actually saying. <laughs> I'm looking that shit up. I think what you were hearing was when they were saying cynical. Hmm. They were adding an sinful? extra syllable okay, to sinful. Okay. Oh no, they were talking the about cinnamon rolls. Oh. <laughs> anyway, so yes, she gets that, and that is sort of the tipping point where now Janet is obsessed with herself and fame rather than trying to save her marriage she gets to go out in front of the studio audience in her new dress and has an entire song about like look at me yeah the, i did i couldn't follow the lyrics of that song at all because it was all just like mur, 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 me oh yeah all she says it, the, the song basically boils down to her going me 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 look at me everybody me 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 and it was yeah. yeah i mean the song is called me for me yeah, yeah. so it's i mean Lyrically, it's mostly about her realizing that she is great, which on the one hand, you're like, oh, good. You know, you're not judging yourself based on your marriage to another person and you've realized you have self-value. That's nice. But then she steals a dude's guitar and starts playing it. And I'm like, no. Yeah. No, I'm not on the train anymore. <laughs> Stop that. It is pretty great, though, because meanwhile, Cliff Young as the evil uh, Brad up in his booth is basically doing that meme of the what's the who's the wrestling guy john and he, he's leaning backwards over oh him. yeah he's doing uh vince, Mc, McMahon. Vince, vince mcmahon he's doing the vince mcmahon meme yeah where it keeps cutting to him he's like Ooh, you know and like fanning himself and pushing over in the chair because this is just getting his rocks directly off oh yeah well yeah. i mean not only is it the the woman he wants in a sexy little dress mm -hmm. but also Everything is a going according to plan. Yeah, and I think that, that he's specifically into her for basically following in his footsteps as being a big brash asshole now. And you guys were right. I looked it up. It is literally uh, that minimal criminal sin-iffle sin with an I in there, yeah. little yeah, black dress. You know what? You can't blame me for that. I'm gonna. Yeah, the word cynical is not a word. So yeah, but I, no one's gonna dis describe a little black dress as cynical. No, I could. I could see that being the lyric. So I will. I'll defend you on this. Jeff. I will Thank not. You. I will fight you. 
hey, you, let's fight. <laughs> well, you when, me, let's go. When I listened to this song for the first time, it was on a cassette tape, mm-hmm. the audio quality of which was better than this YouTube recording. So I got it. Woo. One of the, re- the only reasons I ever knew any of the Rocky Horror songs is because the first time I watched it was literally just cruising Comedy Central at like two yeah. in the afternoon on a Sunday. I was just sitting there alone like, the fuck is this? All right, I'll just stay on it. Let's see what this does. I think I was like literally 10 or 11 and it was on network TV on Halloween mm-hmm. late at night. Huh. It was pretty edited, but you know, some of the points still got across. Yeah. And I think that was when my mom was working nights. So like Ooh. it started right when I was supposed to go to bed, mm-hmm. but I stayed up and I was changed. Yeah. Cause yeah. the first time I went to the actual live show, you were taking me. Yeah. And I started uh, going when I was 13 and yeah, yeah. yeah. That and was it, like a big thing. Yeah. I didn't start going until you were maybe 16 or 17. Um, but, but you took me and you, and you were like, like, uh, Oh, you're gonna love this! You, and I was like, I've seen it. I've seen this movie. And you were like, No, you haven't seen it. You, you, you haven't experienced you, it. No, it's true. <laughs> I, like, I think the first time I saw bits of Rocky was one of my friends tried to play it for me in, I want to say, high school, mm. and I went. Hey, this is stupid. Turn this shit off. <laughs> <laughs> and that just shows that John is saner than either of us. Yep. <laughs> it, could, it, it might be how disappointingly and distressingly straight he is. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. even on Comedy Central, I glued to it. And I was like, there's something about this. Don't dream it, be it? What? <laughs> Why do I feel that in my pants? What, what is this? A bunch of guys running around? I don't give a shit about this. Come on. Let's play video games. <laughs> Mario Kart ain't going to play itself. <laughs> Actually, it does. Look, it's playing a demo, right? Fuck. No. What oh, am I so much better than me. <laughs> what am I doing with my life? <laughs> Let's play some Tecmo Bowl. Man, I ain't never play no Tecmo Bowl. Uh, All right. So, uh, okay. So she comes out and does a big number. And then <laughs> this is my favorite line of the movie. I like I like the albatross just fine. But my favorite line of the movie is her parents, and we have to do the scene where she goes home and talks to her yeah. parents too, but yeah. her parents, who have been introduced at this point, are in the hospital room with Brad, uh, kind of going over how, how criminal his mistreatment obviously is. When she walks in, in the dress, and she just goes, Brad, I'm here to tell you how fabulous I was. <laughs> <laughs> We don't have to talk about the scene with her parents, by the way, because her parents were completely irrelevant, except as an example of how the town is so fame obsessed and not actually about personal relationships. Well, it's also, they represent the lollipop guild. No, uh, that sort of middle America, this is what a woman should be and this is what a man should be. That whole scene puts the lie to the opening song of the of the thing because it's the whole thing where they come out where she's like, your hu-, or her dad's like, your husband's a big weirdo. You should be more like my friend Dickie Slimeball or whatever his name was. It was like Slipstreamy. Dave. It was yeah. Davey, Dave Slipstreamy, which is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, and then they're like, well, you, didn't you hear? Dave Slipstreamy was found in the back door of a music store with 15 other men. And they were Mexican. And, and, oh, uh, don't you know your father hates Mexicans? Yeah. <sighs> that Da, 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 da. Yeah, White it, people. It had to let you know that the town isn't actually nice to the ethnic races. And, and of cool. course, you know, there's a song from the dad where he is also like, also, I hate the gays. Mm-hmm. A man should be a man and have sweat on his brow and like fuse plugs and yeah, things. Yeah, and the song ends with the line, faggots are maggots. Yep. So in I case you were worried I about don't. whether or not that was said. Yep. Yeah. Uh, okay, so... so yeah, she walks in and is like, you had to see how fabulous I am, Brad. And she doesn't even want him to be ungagged or anything, because at this point, she's completely bought into the fame thing. Uh, this is also the scene where suddenly the German guy, who we have not bothered to mention throughout the course of the film, is pretending to be blind. 
Yeah, he has big glasses on. He has a white cane, but he seems to navigate his environment very well. He has people well, we walking up and down downstairs and stuff. At some point, where he walks into Janet's room while she's taking a shower and, and like wants to perv on yeah, her, and I was gonna go very open confused. The <laughs> yeah, so his blindness is an affectation, but this is the scene where he finally drops the affectation because her song about how good shock treatment is cures his blindness. Yeah. And of course, the shock treatment song is fantastic. It is, you know, I mean, eh. it's the, it's the it, it was one of the better songs. I would say it's, I mean, the third of the top three. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I would say the worst song for me, yeah, you already said what your least favorite was, but my least favorite's that one at the end by the random band of young kids. Oh, no, that was great. Yeah, I'm not even counting that. Yeah. No, but, I think that was fine. I mean, that was a very gay song. But. Oh, it was a very gay song about coming out of the closet, but it was also breakout while they were breaking Brad out of his you see, institution. Jeff, there were layers. Mm-hmm. It was there good. were multiple themes intersecting. This was complicated artistic work. I'm going to hand you two pencils so you can determine how many layers there are in a poop. <laughs> okay. Uh, There's so- one. <laughs> There's one layer of poop. Maybe it's just your, a poop. Maybe you're in your boring straight-ass poops. <laughs> Look, gay people have interesting poop. Just Jeff. He's got like geologic stratification. You can see what he had for the last three dinners. Oh, yeah. If you yeah, cut yeah, it yeah. open, it's like yeah. a geode in there. There's fossils because I, I don't really worry about bones so much. That's not my... Like, like I spend owl. a lot of time worrying about bones, Jeff. Come on. Woof. Thank you. You're quite welcome. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, we have that entire song and... This is also the point where, like, we get the VH1 behind the music where, and then it all took a dark turn Mm -hmm. because the crowd loves her. They're chanting for her and she's begun to be like, oh, I'm better than all of these people. And I hate this carpet. Yeah. Oh, none of this is good enough for me. Mm -hmm. So she starts getting into the like diva. Fuck you, everyone. I'm the greatest. And mind you, it's been like six hours. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, her her arc in this movie is hilarious because she instantly adopts that she should be famous and she should abandon her husband. And then we don't even know the moment where she's like, oh, my husband. Right. I forgot I love my husband. I never signed the contract. And I'm like, wait. Well, it's just basically he shows up and she goes, oh, fuck, that's right. Yeah. Because it's also at this point that she starts getting that, oh, I'm famous, so I have a drug problem. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. they're they're pumping her full of drugs. Yeah. I don't uh, think she was, like, seeking out the drugs. No, she got slipped a drug in her drink because she wasn't cooperating with the psychologists. Yes, and and also, well, okay, so they, she's like, stupid psychologist, why am I even wasting my time on you? I should be talking to my people. And she goes outside, and there's, like, a little band, like, like of younger perform like people yeah two of them were actually on the show as like cheerleaders and mm-hmm. then just their friends yeah, yeah. uh and so she's singing and talking to them, but then she takes a drink from a, a you know a a little glass vial, a little glass vial. She drinks a roofie colada a and, and, and passes cocktail, out. Yeah, uh, she kind of looked like Pepto Bismol. Yeah, so she has a little roofie colada. She passes out, and then when she wakes up, she goes. We get a dream sequence between her and Brad, which is ba- like I don't know very if weird. I don't know how many people have seen the Dire Straits Romeo and Juliet video, but it's just that. <laughs> it's 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 just that. Well, it's it's a lot of her sort of realizing what's been going on and like she gets into the place of brad and mm-hmm. like she's the one in the cage in the wheelchair and everything well it, he he and slips he out comes of the cage. in and is like i need to tell you how fabulous i am yeah and, and then his whole contribution to the song is i'm looking for love and then she has to be like but i'm looking for great no but it trade. wasn't great it's trade it's trade. Yeah. and also that's a different song <laughs> 
No, I, I'm talking. I'm talking about the song I'm talking about. Right, You're just, where everything's all red. Yeah. And, yeah, we're just talking about two different songs. Yes, I'm talking about the one that actually came after the drug thing. Uh, I don't even remember which one that is. Oh, that's just her trip scene. All okay. right, you guys should fight it out. Yeah, let's fight. Let's fight about it. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's the moment, honestly, where she realizes that she wants to like get Brad back and has this drug trip. But from then on throughout the rest of the movie until the very end, they continue to make her take these drugs the, so that she can't really she's do basically anything. catatonic. For the, the, uh, the, the I'm movie. looking for love. I'm looking for trade song was basically the implicate. It was basically the touch me, the touch a touch me of, of this movie where, cause the other line behind, besides her just going was I'm looking for trade was that's not good enough. I need young blood, young blood, and I'm going to get some now. Yeah. And then it's her walking sexily around those young people from the band that she's in. Well, yeah, she's in. like, I want to get, uh, some some dick and and I'm not getting it at home. So yeah. relevant background information about some of the songs and how they kind of seem weird and don't necessarily fit. Some of these songs were written for a different movie. For Rocky? No, they were written for the actual sequel to Rocky that Richard O'Brien d- d- could not get produced because the script was too bad apparently. Mm-hmm. But he really liked some of the songs and he reused them in Shock Treatment. I have a t- hard time believing that there's a script too bad. Uh, from Richard O'Brien because no, I, there's, there's I recently saw Shock Treatment for producers <laughs> <laughs> yeah for <laughs> for Jim Sharman to go <sighs> Richard this one's got way too much American Gothic reference it's the only thing that matters <laughs> <laughs> I don't look like him no, you kind of, you kind of, very definitely you, you do. do. And also, you keep putting in the references to sister banging. Has anyone ever told you that that painting is of a father and daughter? It's is not. It? Yes, yes. The lady looks old. Yeah, yeah, but it's a father and daughter. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, American Gothic is a father and daughter, and I don't think Richard O'Brien knows that I either. Didn't. Yeah, most people, <laughs> when you tell them that, they either go, "Oh, yes, I've read an article about that," or "What?" <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's two old pasty people. I yeah. assumed it was like a farmer and his wife. It's, yeah, well, that's you know what, what most people assume. Yeah, yeah. farmers in the in the mid seventeen hundreds always look like old pasty people. That's just the, the way it was. <laughs> yeah, you get aged real quick. Yeah. <laughs> no one was doing makeup tutorials on YouTube back then. They weren't popular. Yet. Oh God, we have to stop stop and talk about the makeup for a minute. Okay. In this movie, okay, go ahead. Janet's makeup is so scary. Like I understand that it's 1981, but this is like addicted to love makeup. Yeah, before no, that video happened. There's a lot of Robert Palmer in this. You know how you know that picture of Trump where you can tell that he dipped his face directly into self tanner. Yeah. Uh, everyone in this movie looks like the opposite of that. Yeah, there's a lot of yeah, like, there's, white there's a foundation, light, white cake makeup, and then very, pink eyeliner. Yeah, and very clear. Lo- there's no blending. It just no. ends. It's, it, on her, it's super obvious, and on the German guy, they're both like just there's a, there's a line on their face where the where the uh, where, where the makeup ends. You see, it symbolizes the mask that they hold up for society. I don't know. <laughs> no, it does. No, you can do it. It's fine. No, no it does. <laughs> we believe you. There's only it, there's only so many themes I can assert exist in shock treatment. Oh, I can assert I don't so buy many it anymore. <laughs> so many assertions. <laughs> so many insertions. A not, not enough. enough. Yeah, this yeah. movie was not sexy enough for me at yeah, all. I mean, that's that's the other reason why Rocky Horror holds your attention is because Brad gets just straight up railed by a dude, and then he's broken afterwards. You're like, wow, that was a weird light in this movie. No one does anything to anyone. Yes. Everyone's yeah. so respectful. That's why it holds your attention. <laughs> yeah. That's what Rocky Horror Should have been a clue, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Should have been a clue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I was like, I remember being a kid and being like, how is he not noticing? Oh, wait, he's into it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, I'm into it. Uh, that's the theme of that movie. Yeah. 
So yes, the <laughs> the whole thing sort of comes to a climax uh, where <laughs> they are going to have <laughs> a show where uh, Farley is going to reveal that he's rolling out a like fast food version of mental health where you can come in and get well in a day and so they're having an entire show about it and they're using janet as sort of like the prop because everyone loves her now so they've drugged her to the point where she can't really do anything and they're just like look at her miss mental health Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh, the irony that Miss Mental Health has been drugged to the gills. Yeah, and in the background, Again, kind of prescient. In the in the background of this scene, we have a scene where uh, No Neck from Rocky Horror and the person who is not the mom from that '70s show are investigating the two pop psychologists, and they learn that they are actually character actors, and their names are not uh, what Uriah Nation McKinley. They're Uriah Nation Harding. They're liars. <laughs> They used a different president's name. Yeah, and, and and also, uh, Farley is is Brad Major's twin brother. Yeah, that's, who that's the twist here. It's the, not aliens. It's twins separated at birth. Yeah, they're twins separated at birth. And are for the, some the bad reason, guy and Brad. Farley is super angry at Brad, oh, even though he's like a millionaire. No, no. It's yeah, explained I'm... in a single on-screen line of text on that computer screen. It says that that uh, Brad Majors was was an, was delivered to an orphanage uptown and Farley was delivered to an orphanage downtown. He had to make his own money. Ah, He's well, the hushed well, of, to uh, Brad Majors' Batman. And Brad well, squandered what mm-hmm. he was given. Yeah, yeah. He, he turned had, into nothing. Yeah, he had a cushy life and then he turned into this not performing person who was wasted on Susan Sarandon hmm. uh, or, or whoever in this Janet. case. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and meanwhile, Farley got rich. By the strength of his own bullshit. Yeah, he pulled himself up by his bootstraps like a good American. Yeah, so that's that's the twist, sort of. Because when we have the Miss Mental Health, and now a parade of people who want to give her things, and out comes some yeah. weasley little dude who just wants to give her the keys to a used car. Is like, like, I'm the president of Lemley Motors, Yeah, and here you go. Here's a car. And this is the biggest twist of the movie. The, pop psych- the fake pop psychologists are only in it to steal that car. That's the only thing they care about. That's their last line in this movie. Well, yeah, they're they're like, oh, normally when we scam folks, we just get some money. But this time we got a fucking convertible. This is great. <laughs> it was a nice car. <laughs> the end of this movie is about who owns that car. It's true. That is basically the end of this. Yeah. Because Brad comes crashing out onto the stage and finally Janet remembers, and then... There's a weird kind of dream, dream sequence, sequence confrontation between the twins. That does not occur diegetically, in because basically he cra- he, he crowd- comes out and he's like, I'm saner than any of you! You're and- my brother! Yeah. My twin brother! And then the brother looks down at him, and they have a dream dance fight. Uh, and through, then, through eye contact Through eye alone. contact. And then they cut right back to where they had been. Yeah. Uh, and, and the dream dance fight is basically like, yeah, you're the wasted brother. The best thing you could do is die. Yeah, they're just going back and forth being like, you're a big piece of shit. No, you. Yeah, and then it cuts back, and at the end, he just is like, well, anyway, says the Farley guy, I'm famous, so let's get oh, this guy off the stage. everybody wants to say they're related to yeah. the people at the top. Let's get him out of here. Boo this man. Boo. And is able to just turn the crowd against Janet as yeah. well because she was trying to help him. So now everyone's like, boo, I yeah. boo Janet. I boo Janet as his father. Thank you. Uh, and 
I was honestly kind of hoping that this was the end of the movie, that the four of them, because also uh, No Neck and, and, and uh, Seventies Mom, are shoved out with them. They're just, they're just shoved out of the building. And I was kind of hoping the door uh, would uh, close. They weren't shoved out of the building. That's what. That's how I knew it wasn't over yet. There is no out of the building. Yeah, I know. They get yeah. shoved into a random room on yeah, the side of the building. Yeah, they get shoved into the was, office. Yeah, I was literally hoping that when they were shoved into the office, the door was closed, that then they just cut to credits and that'd just be the end of it. <laughs> but but instead, everyone else in the in the theater goes off to enjoy the new free mental he- or, or a fast food version of mental health. Yeah. Right, they're handing out mm-hmm. um, prison Stri- stripes. Stri- I mean, they're jackets. basically doing the like, you get mental health and yeah. you get mental health, and then they. They come back in because it turns out that seventies mom is an expert at picking locks with her uh, with her hairpin. They come back in and they sing a song about why people do it. Yeah, they're like, "Hey, sex, we're doing it for various reasons." Yeah, why does anyone Again, do it? Reused song. Yeah, clearly a hundred percent. Oh, obviously, because it has nothing to do with anything. You, it's no. not about sex. They just say it the whole time. Well, yeah, but the whole thing is like now for these four people to have a song about like, "Ooh, there's so many reasons why people do it." And you're like, that doesn't seem like that should be the end of this movie. Well, I got excited. I was like, wait, is, is someone going to fuck? Yeah. Finally? Is Finally in, in the movie? last frame of this film? But no, they just get in the convertible. Yeah, they, they steal the convertible. The they, band comes popping out of it like it's grease. They manage to open a wall of the studio, mm-hmm. and all we see is a dark fog outside. Mm-hmm. And then they drive away into the dark fog. Yeah. Yeah. Never to be seen again by the good people of Denton. Indeed. But their car does break down. Mm, Thankfully, near a castle. there's a light on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that over at the Frankenstein place? Or? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, that's at the the Dracula place. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah. The third movie in this sequence. This is a no trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> Brad and Janet will be back in Starlight Express. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. There you go. There's shock treatment. It's it's a piece of work. It's a movie. There's a reason that we had to watch it on YouTube, because no one wants to host it. No, literally, no <laughs> streaming service. Yeah, you I, cannot pay love or money to Amazon to get it, this. It was kind of funny to watch the predictive text thing on the side of my TV it when was I was- trying to rescue shock, you. It was shock trauma? Like anything else. Shock and awe? Anything? <laughs> Any, <laughs> I got as far as shock tria, and then it was like, there's no results, buddy. Just quit trying. <laughs> Please. And I wasn't searching like Amazon it or something like that. Up. My TV can search all of its streaming services at the same time, and I was trying that. Oh, yeah. No, I looked it up on Google for anything to watch it, and there is one of those, like, probably going to give you a virus sketchy sites that Mm -hmm. was like, we've got it. And I'm like, "Mm, nah, I'm good. Thought we were going to have to make a little voyage over to the Pirate Bay. A voyage. I haven't been on Pirate Bay since, like, 2014. I used to get Game of Thrones there, so. Ah, Yeah, well, there you are. That's fair. I ain't paying for HBO. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I've officially hit the point where I don't care enough to have to clean my computer. And so if it, I, I can't get something, I just read the AV Club reviews of it and pretend I watched it. <laughs> that's... <laughs> so you can keep up with the zeitgeist. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, all right. So, you know what? Let's go ahead and go round the table here and do our bests and worsts. Starting with the best, best thing in the movie. Claire, we'll start with you. I actually really liked, I don't even know, I don't know enough about film. You, it may shock you to know this, that I'm oh not my goodness. very sophisticated when it comes to film criticism. <laughs> I, I've been faking it really well, I know. You're not a film sophisticate? <laughs> um, just the, the like overall aesthetic, the lighting, some of the shots. It's very theatrical, mannered, 
exaggerated, lots of bold primary color lights. The whole, you know, quote unquote, fake mental health facility has these gorgeous patent leather white padded walls. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of like um, these like red corridors and the dream sequences. So the overall look of the movie is probably my favorite. So the aesthetic. Yes. All right. Jeff, what would you say is your favorite thing in this? Nell Campbell's butt, John. Yeah. All right. Well, that's fine. (laughs) I can actually probably give a real answer. I mean, no, that's a real answer. That's fine. (laughs) I'm going to say the fucking rhyme of the ancient mariner joke because I was like, who does that? I would say that my actual answer is the call and response of I just stopped by to tell you how fabulous I am. (laughs) And then then Brad getting the same line in one of the songs that shows up later. I thought that was an amazing line. There you go. So there you go. All right. Worst thing in the movie we'll start with jeff for this one <laughs> i mean i can already see claire is holding her face i have and so many choices <laughs> yeah i get yelled at for having too many things yeah on you this gotta category. narrow it down to a thing you just can't just be like every the time. movie yeah the movie the theme <laughs> uh okay my my least favorite thing in this uh i'm probably just gonna go with even outside of of YouTube being a bad choice for, on which to watch this, the sound editing. Because there were scenes where where the sound editing couldn't have been that bad as a result of YouTube fucking up. Yeah. Like there were like I was saying, there's a shot reverse shot where one person is audible and the other person is not. Yeah. YouTube can't fuck that up. It, it, so I'm gonna go ahead and say the sound editing, which is a major thing for me. Uh, it's it's also the reason Given I don't that like you're half deaf. Yeah, I'm half deaf, and I it's the same reason I don't like David Lynch's Dune. It's like other there's so oh, many reasons. The reason. There's so many reasons that movies <laughs> that was are weird. Hard for everything else. Weird off-putting nonsense, but the fact that half the movie is people whispering over shots of themselves and I can't hear I can't tell what anyone's fucking saying. Yeah. So that's that's going to be the sound editing is where I'm going. All right. Do you have something or should I go? No, I do. I would say that the third act kind of fell flat for me. Like the first act and the second act, I was on board for all the weirdness. The weirdness is building. Things are getting more weird. We're obviously building towards some great confrontation and climax. And then it like wasn't as intense and weird as I was hoping for. Like the show that the weird fast food twin was talking about was going to be called Faith Factory. And I was like, are we going to get like some cool commentary on religion or something? Not really. No, I don't even know what that title was about. No, the problem with this is that the evil twin turn is not a twist that has much to do with the rest of the movie. So it doesn't feel connected. And then that the last five minutes are just who steals this car? The evil twin turn is related in the same way that the alien turn is. So Rocky Horror is supposed to be building off of, you know, terrible sci-fi movies from the 40s and 50s. So mm-hmm. Aliens. This is based off of soap operas. So sure, yeah. Evil Twin. Yeah. No, I, I get that. The problem is that Rocky, or, or sorry, I keep saying Rocky when I mean Dr. Frank, but Dr. Frank is an integral character to the story of Rocky, even before you find out all the alien shit. Yeah, He's, Brad is a complete non-entity in this movie. And so is Brad's evil brother, who yeah. spends all of his time just vamping in a, in a soundstage with no one to act against. So the fact that the movie hinges on the two of them being evil or evil and good twin brothers is like, oh, the guy who, who had no lines and the other guy who had no lines are the pivotal aspects of this? <laughs> yeah. Fair. Yeah. You? Uh, I think the worst thing for me in this, I mean, it's it's definitely the sound editing, but <laughs> uh, I want to say that the... No, I think I'm going to go with that. Because there, there are a couple songs that I just didn't like, mm-hmm. but they're not the worst thing. Like, I could yeah, sit through them. Yeah, they're competent I mean, songs. There's the, the song by the dad is pretty reprehensible. Oh, yeah. So, I, But it's it, supposed to be. Like, the whole point yeah. of that song is, is look at this bag. shitty toxic masculinity. Yeah. yeah. But 
I mean, honestly, the the thing for me is the actual flow and presentation of information in the movie is very poorly done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I was willing to give it the benefit of the doubt at first and say like, oh, well, this is one of those movies that's not going to hold your hand and spell it all out for you. You have to put the pieces together. But then at some point, I completely lost the thread and I'm like, okay, wait, how is this? What? I don't. I, the, the other problem I had was that the late 70s, early 80s makeup work made everyone so indistinguishable. <laughs> and the hair, they, yes. That if they changed costumes, I didn't know who they were now. <laughs> yeah, Janet's mom and then the like investigative Betty. reporter lady, Betty, mm-hmm. well, ex-Betty Monroe, now Betty Hapshat, now divorced. <laughs> yeah. I know too much about this movie. Um, they were, they, same hairstyle, same yeah. makeup. There's a point in the movie where they suddenly are both wearing nurse outfits they're the same person now. Yeah. And there's also, there's a, 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 a like, E plot about, like, two reporter women who are, ha- or announcer women who are having, like, professional rivalries. Yeah, and the Kellyanne them- Conway chick and then the other chick. Yeah. yeah, one of them looks like Kellyanne Conway. The other one is a brown-haired person. And at one point, she changes into a nurse outfit. And when she was like, look at my brand new nurse outfit. And I was like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> what? Why, why are we focusing on her disappointment? Who is this? Huh? Uh, yeah, but I think... As much as the aesthetic was very good, I feel like if they had gone harder into it, Mm -hmm. then it might have been better. I mean, I don't want to say this is a movie that I would say should get a remake. Yeah. (laughs) Reboot it. (laughs) Oh, there's a point. There's a cutoff line for when this movie gets a remake. It's when Richard O'Brien dies. How old is he? He's in the 80s or something, right? It's kind of old, yeah. Yeah, it can't be that much longer. (laughs) I mean, shit, he looked horrible in Dungeons and Dragons. I don't know how he's still kicking around. Oh, yep. He must be basically jerky. <laughs> oh, he's basically jerky. Okay. <laughs> All right. So now we're going to give the movie, each of us is going to give the movie a 0 to 5 rating. Mm-hmm. This is going to be on a 0 to 15 scale because that's how we do it with guests. Don't worry about it. <laughs> you can do the math. Yeah. Jeff. Uh, Three? I mean, it's still an enjoyable experience. It's just, it's it's that it's in that era of kind of goofy, weird things that, that I like. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give it a three just because, I mean, I usually reserve two and a half or I'm either angry or actually bored. In this one, the worst the worst I got was confused. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll you're always confusion. confused. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, pass it along. I huh? was on track for a three until that third act, and then I was actually bored, which mm-hmm. was very disappointing to me because I was ready for the weirdness and willing to pay attention for the weirdness even if it didn't make any sense and then it wasn't weird enough um i would say that people would get some level of enjoyment out of it if they are very into rocky and if you're not i don't know why you would bother <laughs> i mean if you're into rocky you're gonna watch and be like hey it's that person oh i oh, remember yeah. that oh look american gothic it's image and claire yeah. hey it's the person with dwarfism whatever yeah yeah so give me a number. Oh, two and a half. Didn't I say two and a half? No, no you did two and a half. It's, it's okay. You just said not three. Not three. <laughs> <Yeah>. Zero. <laughs> no, two and a half. Uh, I'm going to also give it a two and a half, mostly because, I mean, you're right. It's got some fun stuff to it. It's sort of interesting of its time, but it also, it drags in certain places and the audio meant that I couldn't get into the movie at certain points just because I couldn't tell what was going on. Yeah, I, I, and I think that's perfectly fair. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm holding by the three just because for me this was an oddity. I mean, I've been aware of this movie since I was well, like I'm not going to argue 19. Oh, you. no, I'm, I'm not arguing either. I, no, I'm not. Yeah, I, I've been aware of this movie since I was like 19. So to finally see it, I'm just like, oh, no wonder I have not bothered. <laughs> <laughs> and you derived enough satisfaction yes, from that. I did. I was right not to watch this movie. Mm-hmm. And there you go, an 
eight out of 15. That seems reasonable. Very slightly above middle. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, a, a solid, meh, all right, from yeah. us. Yeah. If it's on, don't leave the room, but it will never be on on accident. No. no. You have to look no for way. this. <laughs> I like the idea that this is, if this is on, you should leave the room because now, your TV is haunted. <laughs> yeah, if this is on, something has gone horribly wrong and you're probably about to be murdered or something. You will die in seven days. If this is on in your TV, the next thing you're going to hear is someone going, Carol Ann. That's just, that's guaranteed. Go into the light, Carol Ann. Occasionally, Rocky casts will do this maybe like once a year, and I would go to that <laughs> if I ever went out and had a social life at all, but oh, I don't. Yeah. Oh, God, imagine doing that at our age now. We oh. went to that like 17 times together, and now the thought that we'd be like, well, let's go, let's go out to a thing that starts at midnight. Oh, no, like, <laughs> I'm in bed at 9.30 p.m., ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you old farts. <laughs> oh, like you're going to go. You're not young get and up. spry <laughs> like I am. I had to chase you out of the house last night. <laughs> Go get a beer, you asshole. Leave. Yeah, Leave me to watch my movie. I don't want to go get a beer. <laughs> I tell you to get I off your high horse, but I don't games. think you have the skills to get on one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to hurt a horse by getting on it. Jeff so, does. Jeff wants to hurt all horses. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of horses. I would give horses a two out of ten. <laughs> Yeah, you're Good. not quite at Quinn levels, but yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I probably hate, hate horses more than Quinn. It's personal for me. <laughs> oh, it's personal for him. Oh, it is? Oh, we, yeah. oh, we should hang out. We should, we should, uh, I'll, I'll discuss that with them at some point because uh, a horse put a, a hoof through my stomach once. Yeah. Right through. Yeah. No, I, 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 back back. I needed mm-hmm. stitches on both sides. <laughs> Good. <laughs> All right. So thank you so much for joining us, Claire. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Where can they find you? Yeah, I was going to say, you can't find me fucking anywhere because I don't do the Twitter with the kids these days. Uh, I do hang out on the System Mastery Discord from time to time. Mm-hmm. Uh, also... You got a SoundCloud? You doing some SoundCloud rapping? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm releasing some lo-fi beats to study to. Clips for sale? You've been doing that thing where you stomp on balloons and high huh? heels? You got, <laughs> you got some uh, fans-only site? Or... Yeah, one of these days I'll start a podcast of me reading erotic fan fiction or something the for five dollars a month um well you could listen to blimp jacks bonus content over on the one shot hey. patreon feed oh right we did do that yeah, that's right we did a yeah. thing. the three of us were on a blimp leggers skyjacks crossover and the first episode is out now over on the one shot Patreon. Yeah, the second episode is predicated on James actually dragging his ass to San Diego, which I still have my doubts. Well, no, uh, there are many episodes besides the first one, because the first one was just us character creating. Oh, geez, really? I thought they just dumped the whole thing up. Oh, no, no. they're not going to put like a five-hour episode up. I, I don't listen to myself. No, what one, am shot I, a peasant? Doesn't, one Shot doesn't have enough content for its subscribers, so he's definitely going to stretch <laughs> this out. Oh, yeah. It's not like us. We we don't have to milk something for everything it's worth. <laughs> You hear that, James? Also, That's right. Also, we put bumpers and introductions on everything. Oh. <laughs> uh, but if you want to go to our Patreon and support us, you can go to patreon.com slash system And actually get content for your money. Hell yeah, we've got like... <laughs> Six episodes a month that you get for that, unlike the one-shot Patreon, it, which is just us again. That's true. You guys uh, are like 25% it, it, of the feed. It's seven. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
good, good. Great. I love it. I love everything about what we do all the time. Four expounded universe, two bonus, co- expanded expounded universe, two bonus content, and an afterthought. That's true. It's seven. If you get to the $5 level, you are getting so many goddamn shows. What are we doing? With we're, our lives. We're helping people who have office jobs. That's our contribution to society. Yeah, if you have a job and you get to wear headphones at it, congratulations. We're your best friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, go ahead, join our Discord. You can find us all there. You can find the link to our Discord on our Twitter at System Mastery. You can find me personally at Gurgle Spasm. Yeah, and I just use System Mastery because fuck trying to build a secondary brand. I just pushed <laughs> John out like a cuckoo pushing the real eggs out of the nest. <laughs> Yeah, I decided I don't need to use the main account to say dumb shit. I'll use my account to say dumb shit. Jeff, however, will still use the main account to say dumb shit. People also, like you're dumb ex- shit. you're extremely online, so you definitely need your own oh, yeah. channel for that. Yeah. So, and I need to be under the uh, the banner of being under like an official channel to stop me from saying especially dumb shit. Oh yeah, no, yeah. that stops yeah. you from being an asshole to yeah, people. Exactly, Just jumping into no. a thread and being like, "Hey, well, have you ever tried pulling your head out of your ass? You dipshit." <laughs> Jeff has internet asshole syndrome like real bad. Like yeah. for years, all you had to do is give him not even anonymity, pseudonymity on the internet, and he would shit on people's faces i still have discords i'm I a member still shit of on people's faces. I, i'm still a member of multiple discords just because they don't care about my show there so i can be a dickhead <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get it out somewhere uh thank you so much for joining us of course we will be back in another couple weeks with more movie mastery and until then you have a good one